Hello, everyone. Francesco here, and I'll be one of your hosts and DMs for the Hapless Heroes podcast. I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of all of us for giving us a shot and joining our audience. Uh, and I also want to just take this time to offer a brief disclaimer regarding the earlier episodes of our podcast. Uh, we were just super eager to record our sessions and release them, but we didn't really have the equipment or experience to make our audio quality that great at the bat. But as you can tell by the way I sound now, we've definitely addressed that. So if you can suffer through a handful of episodes recorded through a single mic and some other interface issues we had in the early days, probably only the first like you know handful of episodes anyways, I can say with confidence that it gets better and we've added some fun things like sound effects and all that other fun stuff. So again, that all being said, thank you so much for joining us and we hope you enjoy the ride. Welcome to the very first episode of Hapless Heroes. Uh, we are an original D&D podcast. Uh, I am your host and DM for this evening, Francesco. Uh, to my left, we have James, who plays Hoblet. Hello, friends. We have Mike, who plays Quinn. Good day. We have Dave, who plays Zero. Hello. And we have Joe, who plays Ezra. Hey. Okay, so before we started recording our episodes, our, 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 our lovely party here... Um, found themselves in a training facility to become, you know, the the, the next best uh, crucible runners. Um, you know, this guild that sort of ventures into the haunted and desecrated crucible lands to retrieve magical artifacts, only to find out that the entire training facility was run by some sort of madman who claimed to be Sergeant Nathaniel Podrick Chester, or Sergeant NPC uh, for short, uh, only to be some sort of aspect of death, and they... Bravely slew him, but they discovered a terrible secret within this facility, and that there is this this giant orb, like with containing the so many damned souls. Um, and they really had no idea what to do with it, so they're kind of on their way back to Arlon to maybe report it to the authorities, or you know whatever they decided to do with that information, but also to kind of actually look for work that pays, since they've walked out of here pretty much empty-handed. So we're starting right now. As you guys kind of exit the training facility, you notice that what had looked to be just a you know, like a, a field full of tents and, you know, people running all about and recruits and different drill sergeants and, you know, that big, large brick structure is nothing more than just an open field and some ruins behind you that you're exiting from. Hmm. And you notice that as you, as you guys exit out of them completely, the, the, that, that doorway kind of collapses a bit. And uh, it's kind of hard to, you know, you probably have to do some digging to kind of find your way back in, but, you know, maybe that's best left to other people. Um, you guys are just ba- just based on you know how you kind of got here. You know that you're about three miles away from civilization. You know uh, the city of Arlon is just about three miles to your northwest, and uh, there's a road that kind of leads from this area, this open field. You know, it starts to kind of form out um, through some just you know some thick vegetation. Not really a lot of trees, but it's like, it's like a lot of tall grass. You know, it's not really a lot of well kept roads out in this area. But I'm sure you'll you're sure you guys will find your way as you head north a bit. Um, back to like a main, like well traveled road. Um, are you guys heading that way? 
I would say that would make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Quinn kind of takes takes the lead. Yeah, no, you guys are heading up. I mean, it's, you know, you're making a decent pace. You know, you guys have kind of had a moment to just kind of collect yourselves. And uh, along the road, it starts to kind of curve off, and you see it almost fork into what appears to be a well-established road, you know, dirt road. This is this definitely is the road that leads out of Aralon into, like, the, some of the smaller townships, you know, that, that are within its... Um, you know, within the kingdom of, of Vesh, just like the, you know, sort of like the, just like small towns, farming towns mostly. It's a lot of agriculture around here. You know, you're starting to see a lot of cornfields and, um, you know, different things of that type, barns and whatnot. And you actually see uh, coming up the road, you know, towards you guys, like, you know, kind of almost meeting you at the fork a bit. Uh, there's a dude, you know, kind of hauling a cart full of, um, full of different vegetables, probably to bring into town to sell. Um, you guys are definitely about still about 120 feet ahead of him he's kind of just you know but he's trudging along towards you i mean you guys are you guys gonna stop or just kind of keep going down the path i have no real reason to talk to him so quinn quinn kind of just you know does a little wave and walks by fair enough yeah i mean you guys you're just kind of just gonna keep going on right yeah, yeah. just you know not even gonna like see if you get in his way you get in his way right so you guys are kind of heading up along eventually he kind of like you kind of hear someone saying like on your left on your left uh, looking behind us. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, yeah I mean, you see, you see he's kind of he's kind of coming up. He's trying to pass you guys, but since you guys are a little bit spread on the road, he doesn't want to, like, go into, like, the grass because he might end up in a ditch. Yeah. He's just kind of letting you guys know he needs to pass by. Off to the left. Yeah. Or off to the right. right yeah, there. you guys kind of move off to the right. He kind of tips his hat to you, like, oh, thank you, friends, and just kind of trudges along back into, um, you know, like, up the road towards our line. So, you know, three miles, it's a bit of a hike, and you, know, you guys make it there in uh, about an hour. I'd say, you yeah, know, it's a good walking pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, that's a good, this is like a normal pace. You guys aren't really rushing for, you know, you don't have, you're not like sprinting into town. Um, and, you know, as you said to approach the city proper of Erlon, you, know, you see it's surrounded by this large, you know, stone wall. And there's like a, you know, there's a river, the River of Woe, that uh, runs through the center of the city. Um, as we start are, approaching the walls, I pull my hood up over my head and try to keep... My keep a low profile. nature concealed. Yeah, it makes were. sense. Makes sense. You know, people aren't really accustomed to seeing things like you around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you kind of approach the city gate. You know, you see there's a couple guards posted up there. You know, they kind of you know just take a look at you to say like, hey, no funny business. You know, weapons, weapons away. Mind the laws of the city. Please review them on your way in if you have not already. You guys take a moment to stop and look at the. Oh, I absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> of course. Of course. So. A lot of the laws are pretty cut and dry, like no murdering, no stealing, things like that. But also, uh, no magic of any kind to be used within the city limits unless you have a proper permit from um, Queen uh, Queen Varadesh. Uh, because you know, it's magic is definitely something that's still very much feared in this land, as as we know, you know, because of the whole upheaval and weakening of magic in this world. Um, it also says that weapons must be holstered at all times. Um, you know, no exceptions unless unless it is city personnel, and that's really the ones. That, you know, those are the big ticket items that you take away from that. Um, there's also a couple items items about uh, you know no loitering, no public urination, things like that. But you guys probably know better. How many drinks have we had? <laughs> well, at this point, I think you guys are pretty sobered up after yeah. all that that yeah. went on in the training. Yeah, I don't think the public urination will come died. until later. Quinn kind of does like an OCD double check of all of his weapons. Yeah. Make sure that what do you they're mean on almost him. died? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I was, I, Well, he died and then came yeah, back. Yeah, they're right. actual dead. He, he was <laughs> actual dead, right. 
All right, so you guys are kind of in the city now. I mean, where do you where do you really want to go from here? Um, are there any weapon places that I can buy weapons? Yeah, there's a market square that's um, sort of in the center of the city on the other side of the river. You just kind of have to cross over like a little bridge to get there. Um, you know, it's it's it's, it's it's a modest sized city, but you know everything's kind of been built up here, so the, the population is actually pretty respectable. It's just that the actual city limits themselves are rather confined, so it doesn't take really long to get anywhere. Um, you guys kind of entered in from the um, the south like wall of the city, and so you're kind of walking by the hill that leads up to um, like the, the castle and like you know like where like the um, you know where the royal family lives. Okay, so that queen is she just the queen of like this? She's, town the, area? she's, the, she's the queen of this uh, this region. Okay, the kingdom of Esh. Okay, um, all right. She, so this is the seat of the kingdom. This is this is the seat of the kingdom. Okay. Correct. Um, so just like you know, if you just if you guys had like you know just you know north northwest in town just a little bit, you get you guys would be right at the market market square. Is anyone else trying to do anything else? Um, the inn is over there as well. And that's oh, I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll need that. Yeah, the, well. lo- the lodging will be good to figure out where we need to be. Yeah, sure. Eventually. So you guys, and then the cru- and then the crucible, like the runner house, like the local runner house chapter, is yeah. just um, just to the right of everything. You kind of just like, walk down a path a bit, and you'll make it to the um, to the enclosed areas where the city guard is, and also where the runner, the local runner house is. So you guys, you know, have to go kind of through the market square to get there, anyways. The city guard keeping themselves close to the runners. Mm-hmm. Nah, that would never happen. Right? Yeah, they want to keep them sort of contained because <laughs> uh, they're a pretty ragtag bunch a lot of the times. Just any event, any old adventurer is trying to make a name for themselves. You know, they got to keep them keep them straight. So you guys make it to the market square. You know, you see this big sign for the Morningwood Inn. You know, M O U R N I N G. It's got a picture of like a you know like a big sign of like a you know a weeping willow tree. Uh, of course, front. it would have wood on it. And uh, and then there's like you know a whole bunch of different market stalls set up in front of shop fronts, so it's kind of like an open air market right now because like you know at this point you're kind of in the early evening, um, so like you know the, the sun's still out, people are still kind of running about picking up different things. I mean there's you know your typical vendors like you know different food and drinks and th- and things of that nature, but there's also people selling weapons, armor, different trinkets and oddities. There's even a guy who has a magic shop put open, but you can see by right now that the prices are just exorbitant. Probably items you know fetched by crucible runners. You'd assume. Oh boy. Now, can we assume that the government is obviously taxing magic items? Is that kind of what the? I, I mean, you know, let's see how much you know about Ireland because you're not from here. So why don't you give me a history check? I rolled a sixteen. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know a little bit about the area just from you know because when you travel here, you kind of looked up to just see you know like if you especially if you were going to settle down here for a little bit because you didn't really know where you were trying to. Go, you know, if they were going to end up taxing, you know, even your income, you know, from from crucible running or just from taking odd jobs around town, um, they do have, you know, there's like a, a sales tax, but it's already factored into the, most of the prices, and it's 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 modest. It's not really, you know, it's just essentially to make sure that the people who need to sustain themselves can sustain themselves. It doesn't really seem to be any rather unfair. In fact, you know that the that the queen um, is very is very much a woman of the people and is very, uh, you know, looks out for for everyone in her kingdom. You know, she's you, you even know that, you know, especially after she lost her parents and took the took their throne, you know, kind of unexpectedly because she was the next in line, um, that she really did her best to kind of continue their legacy of taking care of the people and all the lands that surround Aralon because she feels personally responsible so, know, for everybody. So I know that her parents have been, been you know that there was an in, You know that there was an incident, and you know that they definitely passed away unexpectedly, but you don't really have any a lot of details about that. that the, the news news of, like, the, you know, it's all rumors, really, at this point. You don't, you know, it could have been Drama. murder, it could have been disease. I mean, you, you really don't have any solid facts. It's something that, you know, people, 
fabricate a lot of stories about over time. Sure. You know, this happened several, probably about 10 years ago. Right. Um, so, yeah, you guys are kind of in the market square. Is anyone looking for anything in particular, trying to do anything in particular? Uh, I'm looking for uh, something to add to my arsenal in range weaponry. Sure. Uh, I'm either looking for a light crossbow or a short bow. Yeah, I mean, the dude who's selling the, um, the weapons um, goes by the name of uh, Balthar. It's Balthar's Blades and Blunts. Of course. Um, he's got uh, any all, all sorts of different things. Blades, you know, hammers, different bows. I mean, none of them seem to be of any exceptional quality. They're just, you know, your standard weaponry. Pro- you know, probably just got traded in here from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Just some surplus. But, um, you know, it looks good enough to use. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are you trying to, what are you trying to purchase? Uh, I'll look for uh, a short bow. Sure, yeah, so you walk up to a stand, you see that, you know, Balthar is this sort of, um, he's, he's human, stands about five foot eight. You know, he's, def- he's, a, he's definitely a bit of a stocky fellow, but not really in a muscular way. You know, I mean, there's definitely some hints of muscle pride from just lugging all the weapons and armor around all the time, like in and out of the shop, but he looks like he has kind of a, uh, an assistant that's kind of helping him move stuff around, because he's, he's a bit portly. Um, and so you walk up to his store and he's like, what can I do you for? I was looking at your short bow. Sure, I got all the finest quality short bows. What, uh, what are you looking to spend here? What's your price range? <laughs> well, well, uh, you know, I'll tell you, for a short bow like that, uh, for you, make you a deal. 30 gold. It was very nice knowing you. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't believe the quality of this short bow is for 30 gold. Uh, well, I... Do me a favor, roll me, uh, just charisma, I'll get you to use persuasion if you want to. 13? Yeah. Um, he's like, okay, 25, 25, let me try it, okay, 25, 25, how about uh, that, for the fine adventurer? I have a good 20 for you, and that's as, as good as I'll go. Well, you were kind of already beat him on the charisma side, so you, you're kind of already, kind of making the, making the rules here at this point, so he's gonna, he's gonna kind of just begrudgingly accept, and he's gonna, he's gonna kind of hold, he kind of holds out the, the short bow, but he's got his hand out for like the gold pouch to make sure you don't you know, swindle him out of that. <laughs> and I'm a fair guy. Yeah. Quinn's a fair guy, so he gives him his 20. All right. Yeah, you are the proud owner of a new short bow. Cool. Anyone else trying to do anything while we're here? You guys haven't slept in a while. Might be time. Might be a good time to kind good of time to get a rest pop in with the yeah. morning wood in. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, can, uh, we can look in on work in the morning. Cool. So you guys kind of walk into the inn, you know, as you walk in, you can see that, you know, there's a whole bunch of different tables and stools and things like that splayed all, splayed all about. It's really well lit in here. There's uh, a bardic troupe playing some music. Oh, goody. At the, uh, you know, on the stage in the back. There's a bar to your right, and then, you know, there's a set of stairs that kind of go up to maybe the, where the rooms and residences are to your left. <clears throat> uh, you can see the owner already. Uh, it's just, it looks like an older, short, um, human man. You know, great hair. He's got this what looks to be like a half-blind, like, giant dog. Like, like St. Bernard just, like, kind of chilling by his feet. And he's kind of greeting all the guests as they walk in and, you know, asking them to take a seat, you know, enjoy yourselves, enjoy your stay. Please see my daughter at the front desk, you know, if, if you need to make any reservations, this and that. Now, what are you guys trying to do? I mean, you know, it's bustling. There's, yeah. the, the ale is flowing. The music is playing. The, there's a warm hearth to sit I'm, by. I'm at the back of the group with my hood up and uh, keeping it pretty nondescript. Okay. What uh, else I, I immediately kind of shrug through everyone. Uh huh. Go right to the bar. Of course, that's what he does. I <laughs> obviously follow Ezra right, right behind him. Sure. And Hoblet uses his small stature to follow the two of them in the sea that they're parting. 
Sure. Well, I'm kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chugging along behind. Oh, you, make, there you, going... you make your own path. You I mean you're 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 you may be short, but you're definitely pretty pretty stocky. You know, you're very muscular, especially all that heavy armor you're wearing. Okay. You know. Um, you know, you're kind of just pushing your way through. I mean, there's, there's a couple, you know, it's mostly humans in here, but there's definitely a few um, people of other races. You know, there's, there's a gnome or two hanging about. You know, maybe you see another dwarf kind of chilling, drinking with um, what looks to be another group of adventurers. There's definitely one or two groups of definitely adventuring type people looking in here. Like, there are definitely maybe some people Travelers, who are also, right. like, traveling, looking for work. Maybe the Crucible Runner houses or just, you know, I mean, it's... People who were around, you know, like maybe you and, you know, like maybe Hoblets or... What's you know, an appropriate else? price for a drink? Well, you have to go ask the bartender. Mm-hmm. Well, once once they push over to the bar, Hoblet's going to pop himself up onto a bar stool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just kind of hop up, yeah. Excuse me, barkeep. How much for three of your finest whiskeys. And you can see that when you go up to the bar, you actually don't even see a bartender and then all of a sudden you kind of hear this voice from underneath the bar like, well, well, I'll give you a special deal, special deal. 50 silver. 50 silver a drink tonight. 50 silver a drink. It's happy hour. And you kind of look down and you see that this is like this little gnome like kind of messing about like trying to grab like different bottles and like he's like you know, restocking certain areas and there's like a set of stairs that actually lead up to like a little platform that, <laughs> that goes along the L-shaped bar so he can walk along like the bar on, on his own platform to make sure he can serve everybody. And he can say, just give me a moment. And you kind of see him like, like kind of just like plop up the steps a little bit and looks at you like, what can I get you? We got, we got the finest ales and spirits. Hoblet takes six gold mm-hmm. from his pouch and slams his fist down. Here's six gold. Give me as much whiskey that my friends and I can drink for this. Oh, wow. Well, whiskey, whiskey. Well, you, you see him like, kind of trying to get a bunch of different bottles and things like that. He's like, well, I got this. I got I got our house. If 50 silver, you know, I can probably get you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Hmm. Let's see. Well, you know, the, the whiskey is a little more expensive. I mean, how, how do you feel about a gold a shot? How do you feel about no money? Okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry. You know, I don't mean to... You know, you you guys are new here. Are you staying the night? Are you staying the night? I'll, I'll give you a deal. Depending on how this experience goes. Sir. How about we'll copy rooms for the night, okay? We'll just copy rooms for the night. <laughs> now we're talking. I didn't know Cause how he, cause you see him Because you see him, like, he's like, getting visibly nervous. Because obviously he must have been yelled at about this in the past. Like, you know, like, you know... Uh, actually, you know what? Make me an insight check, if you can. I didn't know how badly I needed no mixologists running around in games <laughs> until right now. Mm-hmm. What's that? Would you like to announce that for the audience? On that one. Yeah, I mean, you, you think he's being totally fair, to be honest with you. Like, you think that he's just trying to, like, he's, he's just trying, they're just trying to charge their prices. All right. Six yep. gold, pours yep. out the six shots in a line right in front of you. Here you go, guys. So, still, rooms are on us tonight, okay? Rooms are on us tonight for this group here. This group right here, okay. Thank you, small fellow. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, no problem. Gentlemen, two in front of Quinn, two in front of Ezra. I don't know. I'm I'm actually kind of uh, not quite skulking in a corner, but out of the way, kind of out of the flow of people. I really don't want people bumping into me and hearing a clang. Sure. <laughs> Zero's just trying to reboot. Right. <laughs> Hoblet picks one of the drinks up, holds Nothing it up in the air and says, to these it's kind of a shady Here's to Quinn still being with us. Yeah, to that, Ezra, have you come up with a catchphrase yet? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, should, I should note for the audience, uh, part of our, our last module was um, part, one of the puzzles was that they had to actually utter a catchphrase uh, in order to pass an aspect of their training. And Ezra did not come up with one. <laughs> and that's kind of how Quinn got killed because Taunted a giant fireball sense. vaporized him out of nowhere. I'm going to ask you every episode. It taunted yeah. me since. <laughs> so this is probably going to be a recurring He's the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, anything else you guys plan on you know, maybe just taking a long rest at this point, you know, kind of refreshing yourselves, looking for some work in the morning? Yes. No. That's the general idea. All right, mm-hmm. yeah. You guys kind of just yeah. drive that away, make it way I go into half, shut down, work on my arm with a spanner for a little bit, you know, some screwdriver stuff. Oh, right, yeah, because it did kind of get blown off um, yeah. a bit. Yeah, it, it, it did grow back, and it was nice. we got to make sure it's, you know, working properly. Sure. Again, you know, I kind of only half sleep at night anyway. Yeah, so we're going to take a long rest. So everyone, you know, make sure it's full hit points, full spell slots, all that. So you guys, what, what time is everybody waking up? What do you guys, what time do you guys normally wake up? I mean, I don't know if Zero even sleeps. Crack of dawn. Yeah. yeah. I crack, I well, what time is crack of dawn? Mm, Give me a time. 7.30 a.m. 6.30? 6.30 a.m. Sure. Yeah. What time of actually? What time of year is it? Yeah, I would say at this point it's um, getting into the late summer, early fall type season. Okay, you know, so, so it's still more towards Ezra, six then. Ezra so the took, light is uh, de- you know, yeah. def- it's definitely light out at six thirty. <clears throat> probably need to establish that in continuity when we are anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Ezra happened to take uh, Zero's drinks, so he's groggy, a little groggy. Yeah, actually, make me a Constitution check uh, to see how hungover you are. What is that? Yes. Just a it should be a oh, constitution yeah, yeah. saving throw. Nineteen. Oh yeah, you are fine. I mean, like you know, you you, you kind of have like drink a glass of water. You know, yeah, you drink a glass of water. You felt perfectly fine after that. Um, you can see that you know there's only maybe another maybe one other group of adventurers up when you guys are kind of exiting. Are you guys heading towards the runner house or where are you trying to go right now? Yeah, after some. We do yeah. need to look we, in on some work. Yeah. yeah. It, so yeah, nice when you guys when you guys get to the runner house, you know it's it actually seems to be rather buzzing for this early in the morning. I mean, there's there's a desk with a couple agents, you know, who are kind of wearing the you know sort of just the symbol of the Crucible Runners. You know, they have like they have little name tags on, like you know those you know you know those to be the people who like you know there's a big there's a big posting board, right? Like a big bulletin board with all these different job postings and things like that, all varying levels of difficulty of work. And uh, you see people kind of taking some of these postings off, bringing them to the desk. They kind of tell them what the compensation is, give them more information about the job. Like it's sort of like the inquiries area. They uh, they let you kind of know what the payout is, where it's located, and this and that. Um, and there's also what happened. What it looks to be um, like an area behind, like uh, some sort of fencing and bars. It's like where they actually do the payouts for the contracts when they're completed. If they're done through that, you know, sometimes there are independent. Um, contractors who come in and will will pay you, you know, on arrival, things like that. But, you know, that's sort of the cash out station. And you guys kind of go to inspect the board and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of pretty dangerous stuff up there. But there's one posting in particular that catches your eye, mainly because it's written, it's kind of scratched and scrawled a bit. It definitely looks like a child's handwriting. And uh, everything is, there's a lot of misspellings. And it, 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 it kind of... Uh, Quinn notices it, it that, reads, by the way. Help wanted. Heroes needed to help keeping a friend's relatives away. Pay will be a jewel as big as a grape. Meet at Gold Canary before dark. Please. Help wanted. <laughs> help wanted. Please. <laughs> now, you guys know that the Gold Canary is actually a, uh, a traveler's inn about a mile outside of town to the uh, to the east. Um, but you know, if you guys want more detail, you're gonna have to take this posting up and, and bring it to the um, to the 
to the uh, agent's desk for them to... Zero has a heart. Yes, it's made of tin, but it's still a heart, and he's going to take this very adorable uh, thing off the board before I even give any other guys an opportunity to argue about it. Sure. Bring it over to the desk. Yeah. Uh, an agent kind of calls you over, and, sh- and uh, you kind of see her like looking over the, the, the poster. She's like, oh, oh, I remember. So this kid came in. I don't know. He had to be no more than eight years old. You know, he was wearing farmer's clothes. He kind of posted this up. You know, he, he said that he had, you know, he was having some trouble with a friend, and he showed us the jewel. I mean, it looked, I mean, we didn't have a time to inspect it. He was very protective of this, but, you know, it seems to be attached to some sort of, you know, rod, but it's 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 a large, it appears to be a diamond, uh, and he's offering it up to you. No one, no one else has taken the contract, so. Uh, he's at the Gold Canary. He stopped by, actually, probably right before you guys got here. Mm. Um and so he must, he might even be, you know, he might have taken the carriage out of town at this point, um, over to the Gold Canary. The, so mode. the Gold Canary is somewhere out of town then? It's a mile, mile uh, east. It's like a, tra- it's, okay. like a, it's, like a it's like a traveler's inn, you know, like, for, oh, okay. you know, yeah. So Gentlemen, the city bounds. we were all, well, not all, but most of us young men at one point in time, perhaps we can help the chap out. Okay. I'm still one year old. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, you guys want to start heading towards the Golden Canary? I mean, how do you guys want to get there? You guys are just going to I mean, walk it? I mean, it's, it's about a mile. You're going to make it there and let, you know... Can we call an Uber? <laughs> There's a carriage that you might be able to catch. The carriage. That was my next question to get there. Yeah, get to the carriage. I was called an Uber nerd once. Yeah, it's at the, uh, it's at the, east, it's at the east gate. Well, it's just a mile. Yeah, it's just they, they're only charging um, a gold to get there. You know, for the whole for the whole party. I'll do it. Yeah. Pay I mean, we gold. have until dark. Yeah, but it's sort of you know it says trotting you along and um, you know it takes you only you know I don't think you very long to get down to the um, to the Golden Canary and um, when you guys get there, there's some things you know. I mean, the, the Golden Canary is a pretty famous inn in this in this area. Um, you know, it's known for its good taste in music and cleaner than usual silverware. <laughs> um, the Gold Canary is clearly one of the nicer taverns in the realms. Um, the chairs don't squeak, the tables don't wobble, and due partly to an armor-clad and able-looking bouncer named Cassandra, the place deserves its sparkling reputation. Even though the dark-skinned, well-muscled musicians on stage are playing what their handwritten sign describes as entrancing melodies inspired by ancient elven uh, songs, the crowd is somewhat sparse this, uh, this, this morning. A few dozen patrons sit casually throughout the tavern, enjoying a relaxing time, you know, just listening to some music, eating some food, you know, they have some entertainment. You don't see the kid here. Yet. But there's, uh, you know, there's definitely some, you know, some very unique looking individuals here. You see the bouncer, Cassandra, kind of like checks you guys out as you're walking in, like, hey, no funny business, okay? We try to keep a clean establishment. I think we should show Cassandra the job posting and see if she's seen the guy. She she would know who's coming in and out of here. Mm -hmm. Sure. Hey, sweetheart. My Who are you calling sweetheart? <laughs> the only sweetheart I see. Do me a favor. Oh my God, you're gonna die. I'm just going to do straight, <laughs> straight charisma checks. Quinn just does like a <laughs> face plan. So just your charisma. That's it. Yeah. Uh, 8 plus 4, 12. Yeah, so she got a, um, a 16. So she's not having any of your... Okay. Any of your advantage? She's okay. like, call me sweetheart again, and you'll be seeing the ground outside. My mistake, ma'am. 
So uh, Quinn takes the, uh, the, the posting and walks up to her and apologizes for his friend Hoblet, who's <laughs> obviously an idiot. Uh, but, but I mean, she does, I mean, you'll, you'll notice that, like, I mean, even as she says that, I mean, she kind of smirks, you know, like, she's she's not trying to be a dick about it. I mean, she's being a pretty good sport, but she's just, she's definitely asserting her, like, I'm not just some damsel you can pick up in a bar, fella. Like, I'll kick you out of here pretty quick if you cause trouble. Right. So, yeah. so, so I, I apologize for my, yeah. my friend, uh, loosely term. Uh, and I ask her the same question. I ask her, have you, have you seen the, the child that might have posted You didn't even get the question out anyway, so yeah, go yeah. right ahead. Um, yeah, she, um, she, she says, no, I haven't seen any kids coming through here. It's a, it's a tavern, you know, we don't really see a lot of kids, so I feel like I would have I caught one if, uh, if he was coming in through here. You know, it's, I mean, it's early, might have been coming down for lunch, but yeah, no, I, or for breakfast, but I, I don't know. I haven't seen anybody yet. What time of but, day you know, is it that we've gotten here, by the way, anyway? Like uh, probably, well, you think about it. You guys have been, you know, took the time Pretty to get dressed and you know, wake up, you know, make sure you guys are all settled, or get to the carriage. around at the thing for a little bit. So we'll say at this point it's probably about 8 o'clock, 8.30 okay. in the morning. Is this at, oh, 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, okay, morning. before dark. We've got lots of day to kill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you guys are you guys are kind of hanging out around here. I mean, might as well, like, just kind of see. I mean, there seems to be a lot yeah. of different types of people in this establishment. Yeah. Um, you'll notice right off the bat, you know, aside from Cassandra, who's at the door, you know, there's a whole bunch of different people at the bar, but there's actually in a um, in a table kind of in the back corner. There seems to be there looks to be like a small man, maybe in his early thirties, uh, well dressed in a very like a very well really nice like black and gray suit, and he's sitting with three other sort of similarly dressed but much larger men. Um, and they're kind of they seem to be kind of talking about something. You know, they kind of like leaned in close, like kind of talking about you know I don't know they're having a conversation. Um, the bartender is sort of this um, this dwarf fellow. You know, actually, you know his name because just kind of from the stories I heard about this place. That's Grunstout. Um, you guys actually know that. Uh, you know, he's he's a pretty friendly guy, but uh, he's definitely um, it's mostly just an act to get people to spend money. I mean, you see him like brown nosing just about everybody sitting at that bar right now. His reputation precedes him. We get a celebrity bartender, <laughs> right? And. Um, you know, you know that his family. I mean, his his family is actually kind of famous. Um, they actually they 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 live on top of and sit on top of a gold mine, like a literal gold mine. So he's actually able to keep the Golden Canary open just from his own personal wealth. Obviously, he's still trying to make money back because you know, that money's going to run out at some point. But uh, you kind of you kind of know that you know he's 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 kind of schmoozing his way about. And then um, you know on the stage there's this sort of uh, you know you see the this this elf. Um, this half elf on stage, kind of performing, you know, his his uh, renditions of maybe some classic elven tunes. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he's you definitely can tell, especially Quinn as a bard. Mm-hmm. You know, his technical ability is outstanding, mm-hmm. outstanding. I'm almost entranced by it. Not really, though, no, because as well as technical as it is, I mean, he doesn't connect at all on an emotional level with his pieces. I mean, you know this for sure. Just, he's just he's just noodling around, like maybe just to impress people. You don't really sure. know. I mean, he's he's just showing off, but there's no soul behind what he's doing. And uh, you know, he just, uh, but they're they're I mean, they're all right, but it's definitely like this is why they were scheduled for the morning shift. Sure, you know. Um, you know, as well as there's probably some other, just some other rent folks around, some wearing inven- adventuring gear, some others just like wearing, you know, there's just like farmers and things like that, maybe taking a break from, or maybe some, you know, having a drink before they go to work in the fields, who knows, <laughs> you know. Uh, what do you guys want to do in the meantime to kill some time? I don't think drinking is a good idea. No. Is it the week or the weekend right now? 
You know what? Why don't we say it's a Thursday? Hmm. Yeah. Okay, no brunch then. Um, Ooh, you don't know that. Who does Thursday brunch <clears> then? <throat> the Golden Canary. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is this is Teldoria, man. This ain't this ain't Earth. <laughs> Who knows how they run their stuff? Maybe maybe Thursday is like the place, the, the time and place to have brunch. Maybe they always do Thursday brunch. You don't know that. Is there a table open near the group of well-dressed gentlemen? Yeah, I'd say there's probably one. Um, wait, what's like, not like, not adjacent, but like one up from being adjacent to them. So you're, right. you're kind of like cornered to them. I'm gonna sort of lead everybody over towards that table and see if the, if my my crew will just kind of follow me to go sit down there. Sure. Let's grab a sheet, boys. And this is by the music and. And it's all in one area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have the, the stage is a little set off. I mean, you guys, it's not like blasting your ears. Mm. It's definitely, you know, it's it's okay enough as background music. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys want to take a seat at that table? Yep. You guys follow? Sure. Might as well, right? Yeah. Just, you know, see what you're ordering. One of the, um, so this barmaid kind of comes up to you. He asks you, hey, um, you know, can I get you guys anything to eat? Anything to drink? You know, we got a special on... Uh, some, some some pretzels, you know, some hot pretzels, and some we have we have a, we have some brunch specials as well. <laughs> oh, your famous Golden Canary Thursday brunch. That's right, you know it. One and only. It's the one and only. Can we see a brunch, man? Yeah, sure. Why, certainly. And he kind of hands you down. I don't know why I'm doing like old New Yorker, old mm-hmm. like 1920s New Yorker accents for everybody. <laughs> Whatever. We're, well, we're going. Right, we're it's going. That, that's the accent of the region. Now. It's the East Coast. It's the bartender. Yeah. Every uh, so yeah, he kind of hands, hands you guys some menus and, um, you know, you kind of peruse them. It's like the sort of, it's the standard brunch fare with a little twist, you know, there's kind of some weird and wacky recipes that kind of look a little out of place for brunch, you know, like just, you know, fish and scrambled eggs and all these weird, you know, it's a kind of whole wide array of stuff like you think that the cook is maybe trying to be a little too creative uh but you know there's also just some standard fare eggs toast you know that type of thing they're whipping up in the kitchen and then he also hands you know that you're just a drink menu so you got ales you know whatever you're looking for really and he's like, i'll give you guys a few minutes you know i'll be back in a minute so he kind of walks off um and you kind of you can kind of overhear the conversation happening at the other table right now you know, kind of as you're either perusing the menus. Um, can everyone just give me perception checks just to kind of see how well you're able to hear stuff kind of in the din of the Passive topic. perception or? No, just we're going to do uh, perception because you guys are kind of there and sure. you know, it's right by you. So I'm going to start with uh, Hoblet. What do you got? What is my perception? You, 20. 20? Okay. Uh, Quinn? 14. 20. Zero. 21. And Ezra, 21. Yeah, you guys are, wow, very We're on perceptive. fire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can, you, can, you can very clearly overhear the conversation that they're having. He seems to be um, kind of talking about how, you know, um, Grunstout is, you know, owes him some gold and he's waiting to collect and, you know, he's kind of, he's going to wait for the right time to go up and ask him because, you know, he's you know, he's kind of been a little late on his protection lately. Um, and uh, as, he's, as he's starting to kind of get that out of his mouth, he can kind of see, he kind of looks over at you guys. Kind of sees that you're. I mean, you're looking at your menus, but um, he, he's actually. You can tell that maybe it's not the right time to have this conversation. So he kind of like you see you in like out of the corner. I kind of just see him kind of kind of sit back. He's like, "We should get some of the fellas," and they kind of shut up. Well, Zero's face doesn't betray anything. I guess he's got a good poker face. Mm-hmm. Well, he has a good poker face when he's not supposed to have a good poker face too. So I guess it all <laughs> balances out. <laughs> 
I'm just not expressive. <laughs> yeah, and you can, I mean, he kind of, he kind of, and he kind of, and he kind of like, you know, um, he kind of catches you, Hubble, kind of, you know, he looks like he kind of just shoot, shoots you a dirty look, like a, a, definitely an obvious, like, mind your own business look, you know, if you know what's good for you, kind of thing. And uh, the waiter then comes back to the table and like, okay, what can I get you guys to drink? And he kind of, and you see that um, the man behind him <laughs> got his hand raised. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, fellas. Just one moment, just one moment. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he kind of rushes over to the table, like, okay, what, what can I get for you, Mr. Rousey? What can I get for you, Mr. Rousey? Okay. Um, you know, and they kind of seem to just they make standard orders, you know, um, some some ales and wines and, you know, some something out of the back, like a steak from the back or something. Rousey, you said his name was? Rousey, R A Z I. All right. Not that I'm going to be able to use these notes properly later, but... That's yeah, always good to keep note of that That's our mobster guy. Uh, no then, wonder you're using a New York accent for around here. You got mobsters. <laughs> mobsters. It was all meant to be. I was I was practicing this earlier. All, well, <laughs> subconsciously, I probably absolutely was. Yeah. So the uh, the, the waiter kind of comes back. He's about, to, he's about to ask you to take you know your order. And you kind of see at that point the the door opens to the front and a little kid walks in, maybe about just you know pretty short. Sure looks about looks to be about eight or nine years old, and you know you kind of see him like looking around a little bit, and he kind of seems a little like scared because he's around a bunch of adults and he seems to be by himself. Um, so he kind of like slinks into the corner, kind of like just sneaks like next to the bar, and you see Cassandra kind of walk over to him, kind of look down like, "Hey, honey, you lost." Uh, and he's like, "No, I'm just I'm here. I'm looking for someone." He said. So he's like, okay, well, let me just have a seat over here next to me, okay? And so she kind of puts him up and, you know, kind of walks over. You see him talking to um, to Grunstyle, like, hey, you know what should we do with this kid? They're, they're kind of talking. The kid's just kind of sitting with his legs swinging. Maybe one of you school. should do the talking. Kids either think I'm the greatest or most horrible thing ever. <laughs> right. Uh, the way he's like, hey, can I get you guys anything to drink? I'll take a goat milk mimosa. <laughs> That sounds disgusting. That sounds absolutely <laughs> disgusting. But yeah, sure. I guess we could do that for you. Quinn just kind of gives him a, like a like a disgusted look. What? Uh, the mountain goat mimosa is the most delicious thing in the world. And to each their own. Hashtag just dwarf stuff. <laughs> I will. I will just. Uh, Quinn. Quinn asks for uh, just a pint of ale. Okay, Ezra. Um. Ezra sticks to water. Okay. I also am going to use some water. Okay. So he kind of he runs, cool, he runs yeah. to the bar. He brings he brings her drinks back pretty quick after he drops off the stuff to and drinks to Razi's table. And uh, is it can I get anything else for you, fellas? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to inquire about this, and I we hold this up to him. Huh? I point to someone. Looks like some kind. Of, looks like some little kid wrote that. I don't know. Yeah. Looks like there's a little kid over there. Maybe you should go talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it might further the plot. <laughs> I'm a terrifying little dwarf in armor, so I'm not going anywhere near this uh, kid. I've, I've, I've been having this problem. Like I've, I've been wanting to show the waiter this. This. This piece of paper? This, this, this post. Yeah. So I just kind of get up. Yeah. And... Walk over to this kid, to the kid. It and just toss it on the table or on his lap. He's yeah. sitting on a stool. Yeah, with my like, water. Oh, I took my water with me. Are you? Are you a real adventurer? Please tell me you're a real adventurer. My name's Toby. 
I look back over to and the he, table. He extends his hand like, and I, I shake your hand. We're, doing, we're the, waving our I, hands. I raise my glass of, my, like, uh, of ale and I, I just cheers I just shake apart. his hand. Nothing, nothing said. Sure, yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, my name's... Uh, and he starts to get like visibly nervous now. Because he's like now he knows that he's in the presence of like some you know, like a real adventurer in his mind. So he mm. kind of see him like kind of like stuttering as he's talking. He's like, oh, my name's Tommy, uh, Tommy Asermat. I live with my mom and pa and a little brother down past the bend and over across the eastern wood. Are you really adventurous? Is that, those are your friends over there? And he kind of points to the table where you guys are kind of like putting your heads down and just drinking your ale. My head is actually up a little bit, and I have. Like the end of the original man show, just poured the entire glass yeah. of water down my throat in one pour. <laughs> I tell I'm, you just, all, I'm just watching Ezra entertain you. I, I, uh, <laughs> I decide to say... And then he just like, it, before, you, before you even speak, he kind of sees that, you know, like, Hoblet is like just decked out with all these weapons and armor. He just runs over to, he's like, hi, hi, I'm Tommy, what's your name? What's your name? Are those real swords? Are those really sharp? Are those really sharp? Jesus. Oh, they look so cool. <laughs> Are you a real adventurer? <laughs> We've answered your post. Doesn't that answer your question, boy? Well, I just had to ask. I just had to admit a real adventure before. I've lived on the farm my whole life, and it's just really exciting. It's really exciting, and I don't really know what to do with myself, and I need to breathe. Quinn <sighs> leans over to Hobbit and says, This is why I don't deal with children. <laughs> Take a deep breath, boy. Okay, you kind of see him, like... You kind of see him take a breath. He's like, okay, wait, wait, before I just... What's the biggest monster you've ever killed? you ever killed a big monster before? you ever killed a big monster before? I just want to know. I just want to know. I just want to know. Have you killed a big monster before? Indeed, Sean. What's the biggest monster you've ever seen? I don't know. I don't know. I've just heard about them. I've just heard about ogres and giants and trolls and hydras <laughs> and dragons. Quinn leans over and says, we've killed a lot of monsters. What do you need? Oh, right. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, um, you know, okay. So in the story... Super low zero is like, I accidentally shot a camel once. <laughs> <laughs> Desert monsters, if you ask me. With artillery. Uh, so Tabby kind of like looks at you a little weird and then just kind of continues. He's like, in the stories I've read, when someone's in trouble and they can't help themselves, they look for heroes to help. Well, I've got a friend in trouble and I think we need a hero. Now, I know you think that I'm just a kid that needs his camp brought out of a tree or something, but, but I, I double promise it's not like that. I really can't talk about much about it here, but if you can follow me home, I'll let you meet him. I also have this, since I heard you have to sometimes pay heroes to get them to help. You kind of see him reach into his shirt, and he removes this long bundle wrapped in red wool. <clears throat> um, he glances around to make sure no one else is looking, and kind of carefully unfolds the cloth. And uh, you see inside is a metal rod, about a foot long, covered in fine engravings, and a few small cogs and levers, which are somehow attached to the bar, spin and bounce as if they were alive. Um, at the tip sits he what has looks... my attention. Yeah, right. At the tip sits what looks to be a diamond about the size of a large grape. Well, at least the kid didn't lie. And you see him like as like as soon as he shows it to you, he has to go look at it. He just quickly wraps it back up and shows it back in his pocket. Their heads are all dancing with dollar signs, and I'm thinking something about it being a great focusing crystal. Right. So um, he's like, so you know, will you will you help me? Will you help me, guys? Please. I'm, I just look at the others. Right. So I think you got us up some heroes. All right. All right. All right. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And he's just like, you know, like you're just jumping up in the air and like doing laps around your table. I mean, he's just, he couldn't be more elated. 
Um, so he kind of like kind of grabs like he kind of grabs Hoblet's hand. He's the first person to remind him. Just kind of like kind of like, starts pulling towards him. Like, can we go? Can we go? I want to go home before dark. I told my pa I was just going out to get some people to help with some stuff around the house. But don't mind that. I'll explain that on the walk there. I just like you know we should probably get get back before he starts asking like where I am. All right, boy. All right. Hmm. Come on, Bod. Let's go. Have we paid for our drinks and food yet? No. Well, we didn't order any food. We didn't pay for the drinks, though. Yeah, consistent with making, you know, there are rules. I'm going to follow the rules. Um, the bartender dropped the tab. It's, it's, three, it's three gold. Three gold on the table. Okay. Well, three gold, 50 silver on the table. There you go. Nice guy. Wow. Um, Big spender. I'm from the desert at the end of the world, and I've heard of a tip. What's your excuse? <laughs> Take it easy, old chap. <laughs> um, so he kind of like leads you guys outside, and you know, once you once you guys get outside, you kind of see him grab a walking stick that uh, he left by the door, and he begins to quickly walk towards um, the um, the sun, which is still rising, you know, in the east. Uh, so he's kind of heading back towards Airline, but the but you know, you guys know that there's um, a road that kind of goes around the city into the um, into the eastern wood. Just like, you know, just this large forest that uh, he said that he's there just on the other side of. Um, you see him say, like, you know, if we hurry, we can make it through the forest in time, you know, before uh, before it gets dark, or else it's going to take us a few hours, you know, to get around in the woods. But, you know, I feel really comfortable. You guys don't think you can handle yourselves, you know? I mean, you guys are really adventurers, right? You can handle anything that comes, in, that comes out of the woods, right? Listen, boy. Keep it down up there. But I'm just we'll really excited. I'm just really excited because you guys have been really adventurous and you have really sharp axes and, and you guys have really all this cool stuff. And is that a real sword? You gotta like, is that a real sword? And he starts like kind of like almost like wanting to touch the hilt of your sword, Ezra. It's like a trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you stop? I'll just pull yeah. it away. I really don't want him to touch me. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just think we were really excited. Um, he's like, he's like, so um, I just have to, um, so it's a few hours from here, but I, I, I told my pa that I was coming into town um, to kind of get some help with the carpentry work in the barn and to try to find someone to take a look at Mambo, our milk cow. So, you know, if you guys have some clothes that look less uh, heroic, you might want to change into those when we get to the farm, you know, just to make things easier to explain. I don't think my dad's really seen a lot of adventurers or trusts him a lot of people. Um, so he kind of waits for, he's kind of waiting for you to decide if you guys want to, you know, like begin to walk towards the, you know, into the woods or if you guys, you know, like trying to like make the long, long trek around. So it'll take you about like an hour to get through the woods, but it would take you about four or five hours to get, to go around. Say we head through the woods. Yeah. Shortest way is better. Sure. Now, you know, the, the, the woods are relatively dense. I mean, there's definitely, like, a, you know, like a, a road that goes through them, but, you know, a lot of trading routes and stuff like that tend to go around that area just because it's a lot easier to get ambushed in the woods. And, you know, so it's not as well paved of a path. You know, it's definitely some areas that have some roots growing over it and things like that, but it's still, you know, a very clear path into the woods. Um, and as you kind of get into um, the woods a bit, you notice that, even with the sun still kind of rising, it's rather it's rather dark in here because of just like the canopy of the trees. Um, and you kind of see he's, you know, that Tabi is a bit more, as um, you kind of walk in a little bit into the woods, you know, Tabi seems to be a little bit more willing to talk about the problem at hand. Um, he's like, 
he said, okay, I kind of want to tell you, you know, a little bit about, you know, just a little bit about, like, what my friend and, like, what we're trying to do, because, like, I just, like, I didn't feel it was safe, and then you never know who's going to, you know, who's listening, and, like, I, you know, I don't want to steal this thing. And I'm just a kid, you know, I'm just a kid. But he says, you know, my friend, uh, okay, so I call him 31 Squared. I know it's a weird name, I know it's a weird name, but you'll get it when you see him. Um, he, he showed up at my farm, in my dad's farm, you know, three nights ago. And I don't really know exactly how he got there, but... He's been staying in the barn loft and keep, you know, and, and, and just kind of, kind of, you know, keeping him hidden from my family because I just, I don't know what they'd do if they found him. Uh, I'm not even entirely sure what he is. I mean, he's, he, you know, he's he's short and brown and kind of square, and he makes all sorts of funny noises. And I, I just, I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's just from out of town or something. I don't know what people look like out there. Maybe people from all shapes and sizes. And you know, as he says, you know, he's, he's also really smart and really smart. Actually, when I first found him, like he could barely speak, and you know, I started bringing him books and stuff like that from around the house. You know, like just you know, a brief history of Telduria and Old Flan, a collection of short stories. You know, like all the good books. And he just, you know, the the more he reads, the more words he just speaks, and it's just like he just keeps going, and he's just I don't know, it's very crazy how fast he learns everything. Um, he doesn't really seem to get hungry either. He's definitely asked for some odd items around the house, though, like needles and yarn and cloth and lead sinkers and pitch and, I don't know, it's just... Zero's head tips to the side a little bit. This this sounds very interesting. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, it's just, it's, 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 uh, you have to meet him, you have to meet him. And you'll understand, you'll understand why we need to help him, he'll explain it. And, uh, so after about an hour of kind of walking through the woods and talking to Tabi, um, like, even... At this like kind of bright day, like the sun is kind of all but vanished from the sky at this point. Like all, it's just it's just canopy and like dim light. You know, I mean, it's definitely still like just residually like a little bright, just because of there are certain areas where the sun's still poking through. But it's it's a little harder. It's just that you know, it's definitely your, your eyes are adjusting, and you kind of actually hear, um, you know, very distant, very very distant in the woods. So there are some you know howls and bark, howls and barks kind of echoing through the woods. You know, probably wolves or things of that nature. Um, and you see a Tabby starts to get visibly scared at this point. Like, he, he actually kind of clutches to um, Quinn's leg, kind of just like holding on. Mm. Like, and then he kind of just like, let's go as he goes. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know. Just, I just, you know, just kind of keeping it himself a little bit. He's definitely kind of putting himself in between all of you guys, you know. I'm keeping my hood down, but um, more to be, a, part to be at the ready and part to reassure him, I take my heavy crossbow off my back and load up around. Sounds good. Um, and you know, it's, it's one particularly crisp howl echoes um, across the, the air. Uh, Tabby jumps in fright and pulls in even closer to the park. Large game trails in this part of the woods add to the feeling that you're not alone out here. Uh, Tabby seems to know the general direction of the farm, but he admits uh, to never having traveled the woods when, you know, like by himself. And he still managed to make it to the inn by 8.30 in the morning? I don't know. You, ever, you don't know how I got there. You know, ahead you kind of catch some movement through, um, like just kind of in the, not, not the shadows necessarily, but you know, just sort of the, the, the brush. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, you see, you can tell that you know, in the path ahead, a, lar- a large wolf must have you know taken down uh, its prey because it's, or a large wolf looks to have taken down its prey and it scatters as it hears your approach. So you kind of see the wolf like kind of feeding on like some some deer or whatever, and then as he sees you approach, it just kind of darts off into the woods. Right. I fade about five 
seven feet back of the party. I'm kind of taking the sweeper position. Sure. Um, so you guys are still about maybe forty feet from this from this dead deer. Um, did you try anyone? You guys like advancing at all, or, still, uh, or did you stop? I was under the impression we were still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're just going. Sure, yeah. Step over the deer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot, but a stationary target's going to be easier for wild animals to Uh come at. Yeah, and you can tell a little farther ahead, too, um, this seems to open up a bit into a clearing as well. So, um, you know, the woods open into, like, you know, there's just a sunlit clearing, and you see what looks to be another two deer carcasses ahead, about 20 feet from each other. Uh, The carcasses look to have been almost completely devoured. you know, upon closer inspection, the carcass is that of actually a single deer, but it appears to have been torn in two. The carcass has been ravaged by wolves and other scavengers, but you can clearly see that its skull has been crushed and blood surrounds the area. Um, there's like pieces of fur and flesh that are scattered about. Um, and there are also large humanoid footprints that are around the grizzly scene that kind of lead into the woods. Indiscriminate humanoid tracks? Very large. Very, very large feet. Like we're talking like maybe, you know, uh, I would say maybe about two, like two feet, or two, or a foot and a half. It's a big foot. Something, yeah. yeah, something with big feet huh. in the woods. <laughs> Some joke about beef jerky. I don't know. Does <laughs> anyone wants to use their uh, survival or just a wisdom check? Maybe you can piece together what happened over here. I mean, even if you don't have provision, you can still make a wisdom check and use your, you know, bonus. No one's very wise, huh? I have twelve <laughs> passive wisdom. There's not a bunch of passive wisdom. I mean, you can just make yeah. a nature check. Or a survival check, I mean. Yeah. Bollocks. Nine. Okay. Man, you, can really, you can't really tell what caused this. What about you, Ezra? Eighteen. Yeah. You can you you kind of like survey the area. You know that these tracks are of a, of a giant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, you can even, if you look up in like some where the trees like kind of, kind of go back into the woods a little bit, like off to the side of the path you know he it, there's definitely there's some, there's some blood in that tree branch as well and the, the ogre or the you know whatever it was like appeared to, or the giant you know happened to like hit its head against the tree branch because mm-hmm. you know it definitely like scraped itself along there it would have been anything else that could have you know been up that high and that you know this maybe that this deer was ripped apart by the door or by this ogre maybe he was angry or something like that you know? i know it's an ogre yeah it's an ogre it's all ogre now yeah Um, as you guys are sort of examining the clearing um, I would like uh, can everyone just tell me what their passive perception scores are 12 Uh passive perception oh sorry time it should just be a number written down there yeah 12 wait where okay yeah well actually I'll just be honest with you Um, they rolled terribly so, um, you'll see that as they try to sneak up on you, there's some branches broken, things like that, and you actually see, um, coming out of one of the wooded areas into the clearing, there appears to be a wolf, or a, a dire wolf, and five smaller wolves, um, along with it. it. must have been maybe one of the wolves, you know, must have run off and brought the pack back. Well, giant's nowhere around. Yeah, and we're going to roll initiative as these wolves attempt to ambush you, um, successfully. So I'm going to start with Hoblet. What was your initiative, buddy? Zero. <laughs> That's the second natural one of the day. Yeah, this, but at least in initiative, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, I've never yeah. seen some roll a zero initiative. Quinn. That's crazy. Uh, 19. 
Zero. Twelve. And Ezra. Eleven. All right, so we're going to have Quinn, then the wolves, and Zero, then Ezra, and then Hoblet. Okay, so I take a pinch of sand out of my bag, and toward the dire wolves, uh, I cast my sleep spell. Pocket sand? Yeah, I mean, they're all within... Yeah, you know, like a pocket of each other. Yeah, they haven't really fanned out too much yet at this point. You've discovered them a little quicker than that. So 22 total hit points, You two starting the, with the lowest hit Two point. of the wolves are asleep. Okay, I have put asleep two of the wolves for you guys. Have at it. Thanks, Bard. You're welcome. Yeah, support classes. I'm just going to mark which ones are sleeping. We'll call those one and two, because the dire wolf is its own thing. So there's five plus the dire wolf. Five plus the dire wolf. Yep, and we're going to go to them. So two of them are... Now, they don't make saves at all when they're sleeping, right? They have to actually be hit, I think. Uh, correct. So if you attack or, them, or, they wake or, up. Or roused by something else. Correct. Right? Okay, so they're just out. So um, the dire wolf is going to lunge right at you, Quinn. Oh, great. Because you have all that magic-y stuff. Sure. And it's going to try to bite you. Okay. Uh, it's going to get the uh, 17 against your AC. Um, I am going to cast shield as a defensive. Uh, so it adds plus 5. Plus so five. I'm at 18. Okay. Yeah, so you kind of like quickly as a reaction throw up your throw up like your hand, cast shield and it bites and it bites like this barrier force and it doesn't get to you. So then I have that shield until the end my of, until your, until my your round. Start. Right, my turn. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. We'll just say that for now to keep things going. Um, okay. And then the three wolves that are conscious, um, probably going to go for the person in front, and that was Hoblet. So they're all going to lunge at you, buddy. Yeah, I think you're kind of the natural choice is the point man being small smashy. And oh, smashy. Yeah. Small and ironclad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can step and up. And they're all going to try to bite you as well. Now, you're going to notice that they, you know, as they kind of travel and hunt as a pack, they definitely look a little more menacing than normal. I mean, they're definitely, like, coming at you pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Three of them? Yeah. So we have, the first roll is a 17 against your AC. Hit. Okay. Second one is a 22. And the third is a 14. So that's two hits. Man. Two hits. Okay. All right, all right. You're going to take. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, which way do you go with all right, all right, all right? Do you go Matthew McConaughey? Do you go Outcast? Yeah. You're going to take um, 11 points of piercing damage. And you must make a strength saving throw. Well, that's good because I got plus three to my strength saving throws. Much another one, right? Oh. Eleven. It's exactly what you needed. <laughs> you avoid being knocked prone as the wolves that try to topple you down. Yes. Uh, the other two are just sleeping, so we're gonna go to zero. Okay. Um, loose around right into the big wolf. I took a Oh, yeah. Can you describe your crossbow since we didn't, the uh, episode that we recorded may not be released? Yeah. I took 11. Yeah. A crossbow, except scaled up to a six foot five or six foot eight autonomous war platform. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, in anyone else's hands, this thing would be a crew served weapon. Right. And you can kind of tell because it looks like it's been torn off of a tripod at some point. <laughs> Fantastic. And you're going to loose a. Uh, Loose a bolt out of this crossbow. monster at yeah. 
The Dire Wolf. Do it. Let's see, 13, 6, 19. That's definitely a hit. And we are 1d10 plus 2 piercing. Make it go up. 4, 5, 6 piercing. Okay. Good hit. Ezra, and now, um, how are we sorry. positioned right now? You're kind of He's kind of front. in the front tank in the, the three. three. You guys, you guys right. the rest of you are sort of, I mean, you're probably all within 10 feet of each other at this point. Okay. Kind of exiting I'm, right at the edge of the Yeah, corner. I'm going to withdraw it maybe about another five feet back, so I'm about 15 feet away from... Like the edge of the woods? Um, or the party? Yeah, I just want to be a little bit back from the party. Sure, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you have plenty of room right to now. do that. And start racking another bolt. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Ezra. Um, I'm going to, so the big one, the, uh, the bigger, the bigger wolf is still there. Yeah. I'm going to attack the dire wolf. Sounds good. Um, what are you going to do to it? I'm just going to, I'm going to give it an unarmed strike. I'm going to punch it twice. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. That's not a hit. No. 12. No. Yeah. 13. Not enough. Yeah, you know, you you kind of kind of your punches weren't uh, too accurate. You didn't, you didn't really get it in any vital areas. It didn't really seem to be too affected by the okay. by the blows you just unleashed on it. Unfortunately, so we're gonna go to Hoblet. Yeah, three of these bad boys trying to bite at you. Yeah, Smasher. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get smashy. <laughs> um, I'm going to pull out my maul. And what was your mall's name? Trixie. <laughs> uh, then you said you were naming it, so here, Trixie. Okay. And I'm going to swing at uh, one of the ones. We'll call it Wolf Three. Yeah, the first one that charged at me. Sure. Not yeah. One of the ones that's asleep. make it happen. Um. Ooh, I want to do. Word of advice, move yes. your pencil off of the surface you're rolling on if that's the case, because you hit that pencil, that's what knocked you down to that. Yeah, six. but it could have knocked me up. Oh, that's not <laughs> that's No, it's a nine. nine. It's a nine. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> else want to do a pregnancy joke? Um, <laughs> well, we've already got one kid here. <laughs> His name's Tommy. T-O-B-B-Y? T-O-B-B-I. T-O-B-B-I. Because it's, fantasy. It's, because it's fantasy. I... Can I, I do I figured, you the know, Tom Girl? Channel Divinity and add you know, 10. Was that or he was add 10 to that roll? Yeah. I mean, what was your total already? What's my hit? What's my, plus 5 uh, to hit. 9 plus 5? That's 14. 14. That's a hit. Oh, alright. Never mind then. Uh, so I got 2d6. Should I roll for the other one? Well, I, I don't know. Are you using your bonus action to use your um, War Priest ability? Just thinking about it to try to get these wolves off my jock. It's up to you. Uh, six plus three is nine. Nine damage. Blood yeah, damage. man, you smash this thing. It, it's it's looking very close to dead. You definitely hear like some of its ribs snap. Um, as it is just teeter, it is just barely hanging on to life. All right, no, I'll I'll save him. I'll, save I'll him. be done. Okay, uh, Quinn, uh, you got a direwolf on you. Yeah, I'm I'm engaged. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, I uh, I unsheath my rapier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take a stab at his chest. Sounds good. Seven. Nope. Yeah, you you, you kind of. I mean, it's 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 definitely thrashing around a bit. You know, trying to get at you, so you don't really get a good. You can't really get a good stab at it. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's it's a little too fast for you. Uh, since you, I didn't move, I'm now going to move. 
I'm a half elf, right? 30 feet away. Okay, it's going to take an attack of opportunity against you. That's fine. And it's going to get a 14 against your AC? No. Okay, I yeah. Have the so shield you, until so the end of my turn. No, I mean, so it's already your turn. So it, at it's the beginning gone. of my turn? Yeah, it's gone. Okay, all right, that's fine. But it's yeah, then, then, right? it, then it hits, yeah. It does hit you? Yep. So your movement is interrupted? You're still five feet from it? And sure. you take 13 piercing damage. Jesus. Hey, guys. Kind of struggling. I'm already shooting it. Uh, and then they're going to take their turn. Shooting. And the dire wolf is going to... It has no reason to stop attacking Quinn, since it just got a nice chunk of him. And he's going to come at you again. This time he's going to roll 20 against your AC. Clearly. Not a natural 20. No. Just a, a but 20 total. that hits. Yeah, that hits. And you're going to take... 8 piercing damage? Yeah. I'm, uh, Are you I'm down? dying. Yeah. He's, he's down. Uh, the three wolves are still going to attack Hoblet. We have a 23, yeah. a 15, mm-hmm. and a 16. Uh, Just one, right? I'm a 16. Does a tie hit? Yeah, tie hits, so two hits. You're going to take... This time, that's not too much. You're going to take six points of piercing damage. You got a little lucky that time. Zero. Alright, even if I want to do attack twice, I can't. Alright. Um, you know what I am going to do, though? Um, I'll use uh, Second Wind to take uh, make sure I take two actions. With the first one, I'm going to be um, switching from the heavy crossbow to the hand crossbow and shield. Okay. And then um, take my move to advance in on the direwolf. Sure, yeah. Um... Yeah, while I'm moving in at just over five feet, pull the trigger on the hand crossbow. Make it happen. Uh, on the one that's injured, or on the direwolf. Uh, on the direwolf. Sorry, I need to. I need to get the heat off of him. Sure. Yeah, he's yeah, he's on the ground now. So we're looking thirteen plus six, nineteen. That's definitely a hit. And that is it. Six plus two piercing. This is giant six foot eight shield wall with a hand crossbow. Yeah. Right, marching towards him. Ah, three. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, it, def- it kind of, like, you see it kind of graze him, definitely leaves a mark. You know, like yeah. some blood kind of spits out, but it doesn't like, stick inside of it. Yeah, and then, you know, because I'm doing that on the fly, I'm ending the turn right in his face with sure. the shield. Absolutely. Um, Ezra, you were kind of trying to hit the dire wolf before, yeah, yeah. but it really didn't care about you at all. Right, right. All right, so... At this point, it's starting to look at you um, pretty menacingly. Uh, Quinn is unconscious on the ground. The other two, the other, the other, the, the other two are still sleeping. The, the, okay, the other oh, two. Oh, actually, still yeah, I gotta ask him. Uh, Quinn, does sleep require um, concentration? No, it is a one minute duration. Okay, yeah. So then they're still sleeping. So yeah, there's only really there's only three plus the direwolf conscious right now. Uh, so Ezra, I'm sorry. What are you doing? The uh, other three. There's two wolves sleeping. Three wolves. Three wolves up and a dire wolf up. You were already attacking the dire wolf. Okay. So I'm going to go with another... I'm going to hit it twice. I'm going to draw my short sword. Yeah, that's fine. You can do that. It's right there at your hip anyways. I'm going to pierce it. Sure. So make your attack with your short sword first, and then Mm -hmm. I'll have you make your follow-up. 24. Yeah, that's a good one. And then with the butt of my short sword... Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're on every tech. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Like one fluid motion. 
Is that a natural one? All right, Ugh. roll your damage for the uh, short sword first. Nine. Oh, seven. 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 Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, uh, yeah, great hit. Uh, and then for the natural one, you kind of, you, 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 when you go to swing across, you kind of lose your balance, and now you are prone. Mm-hmm. And you can you can you, have, you can actually but you could probably use you have a move yet this round so you can use half of your movement right now to stand up. I'll do that. Okay. Um, anything else? You doing any other special cool stuff? Or are you done? I'm done. Okay, Pablo. Uh, what are you doing? I think I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on my um, boy Quinn. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, You'd have to. Oh, you can't though. He's out of range. You have to touch him for that, and you'd have to, uh, you know, wrestle off three wolves to do so. I thought that they were just near me. They're like on you. They're trying to bite you. They're okay. they've they've bitten you many times. In but fact. I didn't fall down. No, but they're still like you're actively okay. engaging you combat have, with them. What's the ranged one? Then I have healing word, but Correct. it's not as much. It doesn't matter. It's still a heal. Yeah. He's at zero effectively. And it would it would stabilize me. It would not only stabilize you, but you'd stand up because you've been healed. Okay, so I am going to cast healing word. Sure. Um, at Quinn. At Quinn. Three. Wait. Two. Plus two. Two is four. So you get four hit points back when you're standing again. I'm at zero, yeah. You're not at zero. You're standing. You don't go You don't go to negative when you hit zero. If you die and don't, like, as soon as you get unconscious, you're just at zero hit points. You're not at negative anything. The only time negative matters, just so that the audience knows too, is when if you were to take damage that was equal to, equal to negative, the, the negative amount of your max, like your total hit points. You'd be you'd be dead outright. Oh, I see. In one shot. In one shot. Gotcha. Correct. I did not realize that. Okay. Right. So I am now at four. Then you had four hit points, and you are standing. Gotcha. Okay. You you kind of reinvigorated. You're you're conscious again. You've stabilized, and you're ready to you're ready to fight. And that was a bo- only a bonus action, Hoblet. So you got you can still take a regular action because nice. healing word is only a bonus action. Um. And what smash? Yeah, Hoblet's gonna smash the one you already hit. Uh, yeah, the one that I already hit. Okay. Um, plus five is 13. Exactly what you need to hit it. All right. You got it. Hoblet. Smash. Eight. What does it look like when you kill one of these wolves? Have you ever squished a grape between your fingers? (laughs) I smashed his head into the ground. Fantastic. Okay. Um, Quinn. That's wolf three. Yep. Wolf death. three is dead. So Quinn. there are two wolves two, asleep. Two, two asleep, two conscious, and a dire wolf. Okay. That's not looking so good. And, and then, I, so I'm I'm still near the dire wolf, correct. but I'm not engaged in the dire wolf anymore, correct? It, it has turned to face its attention towards uh, li- things that are alive still. Correct. Okay, so, which I am now already alive. Right. Uh, Didn't really so, have enough time to turn back around and be like, I thought I ate you. Between me... <laughs> So the dire wolf, I can definitely, uh, I'm within range, 30 feet. There's two wolves. Are they within 30 feet of me? Yeah. Okay. So I prick my finger, and uh, I use Bane against the three creatures that are still alive. It's a uh, charisma saving throw. So, yeah, the dire wolf and the other um, two are going to make the save. The ones that are sleeping um, a little right. far away. So, I'm sorry, charisma saves? Charisma oh yeah, you know how you know how charismatic wolves are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very charismatic. So we'll start with the dire wolf. Uh, what's the save? Uh, is do, 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 thirteen. Okay, so dire wolf wolf an eleven failed. Uh, one of the wolves passed. 
The other also the other other wolf also passed. All right. So the dire wolf, yeah. uh, whenever he attacks mm-hmm. or has to do a saving roll, he has to roll a d4 and, and subtract it. Sounds good. Okay. Great idea, especially because it is now their I'm turn. Glad it's the dire wolf. <laughs> so the dire wolf is actually going to try to bite Ezra. But uh, it's gonna, I'm going to roll the d4 along with this here. Uh, so he's going to hit you. He's going to still get a 17 against your AC. What's your AC? 16. Yeah, it's a hit. Yeah. And you're going to take uh, 10 piercing damage. And now the other two are still uh, attacking Hoblet. Oh, man, these wolves are really rolling well today. Uh, a 20 and a 19. I'm down. How much hit points do you have? Two. Oh, yeah, you definitely are down. Hobbit's down. And zero. It's your turn. Um, Alright, well, Direwolf is uh, still in front of me. Mm-hmm. I have to take my shot, but since I'm within five feet, that's disadvantage, I believe. That's correct, unless you have crossbow expert. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have access to feats yet. That yeah. will happen. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so, oh my god. Look at that for posterity. That's ridiculous. Both are nat ones. Oh my god, you rolled snake eyes on d20s. I know, right? Uh, your ham crossbow misfires and shatters into pieces. Uh. <laughs> Just drop it to the ground. And I have to use a full action to rearm to a different weapon, correct? That would be correct. To, like, to, to now unsheath a new one? Yes. All right, so then we'll have to wait until the next go. But while we're kind of still at my turn, Uh I'll just take a quick glance. Where's our young charge? He's hiding behind a uh, big rock next to some trees. Okay. Safe. We've got some meat in between uh, him and uh, the wolves. Yeah, he found, he wanted to get as far away and put you as far between him and the wolves as possible. Excellent. Yeah. Toby's just going to kind of hear him whimpering behind there because he saw a couple of you guys drop. Uh, Ezra, what are you doing? Keep wailing away at the direwolf? I'm gonna go. Well, there's three wolves, right? There's three wolves. Yeah, left. but you're right. You're so. still right. You're still technically engaged the dire wolves since you okay. since I tried to attack you. All right, so I'm gonna do the same thing I did last time, except uh, I'm gonna do an unarmed attack first. Okay. And then go oh. stab it. Um, you actually have to take your monk weapon attack first in order to take the okay. extra. Uh, yeah, just that's to, fine. to order. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's fine. that's fine. Anything else? Or are you just gonna you gonna save like your key stuff or whatever? Um, I was going to attack the other. They're not, but, uh, they, but would, they're not, they would be but, close enough for yeah. you to kind of turn or whip around, especially right. when you're engaged. But I might as well go at uh, the direwolf. It's pretty beefy. Go after the direwolf then. With so uh, one key it. point, and I'm going to deliver Fury of Blows. That sounds good. So you're going to roll a short sword attack and then three unarmed attacks. Okay. Short yeah. sword is a crit. Nice. Yes. 24. Right when we needed it. Okay. And then three, right? And then three unarmed attacks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, hit. Wow. Hit. Wow. One more. Dude. Roll a 17, please. Okay. Oh! oh my God. I knew it was going to happen. The thing I is on fire. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, because I want you to experience the glory of what's, what it's like to roll all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. House rule, because we established this before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, for Chris, for me, because I feel like they need to be spectacular, or else it just seems weird to roll two dice and hit a snake eyes on them. Um, when you hit a crit, you get max damage on one of your die, and then you roll the second one. So since you would double your damage die anyway, you just get max damage on what would have been your first roll, and then you just do your second roll to add on to it. And then you add your bonuses. So, 
Let's add it all up. So it would be... Yeah. Uh, what does it look like when you absolutely pummel day. this uh, dire wolf? It's nothing new. It's nothing new. <laughs> see, you get to act like you've been there and before. And as, as you absolutely decimate this dire wolf, you see that the other, the other two um, like just like, immediately try to disengage from combat, from Hoblet. You can choose to attack Hoppy. if you want. Or they're, but they're about to start running away from you. And they actually they try to go up and grab the scruff of the neck of the ones that are sleeping and kind of carry him away. After they saw the pack leader just get murdered. I would be able to attack them if I had any. He was, yeah. You're right. You <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for rubbing that. Yeah, so we're going to get out of combat, but I'm going to have you... Uh, actually, here's what we're going to say here. Um, the wolves are defeated, but Hoblet is down. He also happens to be the one who heals. But I think, hopefully, Ezra... Or not Ezra, but Quinn has some healing spells prepared. But we'll find out next week on Hapless Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just real quick I want to say thank you guys for listening really appreciate you joining us on our first show I'm sorry if the audio quality is a little crappy we're working with one mic right now but like we're just really trying to make an entertaining show for y'all so one more time going around the table I'm Francesco your host and DM for this evening we have James or Hoblet uh, Mike playing Quinn Dave playing Omega Project Prototype Zero <laughs> Joe as Ezra and uh, yeah again I'm Francesco thanks for joining us and we'll uh, see you guys again next week